Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 806-1310-WIBA and Full Scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's direct care doc. If you've got a question for the doc, I can get you on the air right now at 321-1310. That's 321-1310. If you've ever had any questions about direct primary care, how it works, maybe some other options as far as what it pairs with, whether it's uh, those health shares or other options. If you've just uh, been curious about direct primary care, it's a great opportunity to get on the air with the doc right now at 321-1310. That's 321 321- 1310. Of course, Dr. Nicole Hamkiss comes to us from Advocate MD, where she is the owner and medical director. It is a direct primary care practice. Their website, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. And to make an appointment to become a member at Advocate MD, all I got to do is pick up the phone, give the doc a call, 608 268 6211. That's 608 268 6211. Dr. Hamkiss, how are you doing this week? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? I'm doing really well. Exciting to talk with you. We are going to continue a conversation we started last week. We're actually going to do um, a series on this, which is eight weeks, eight reasons why healthcare in the United States is so expensive. Last week, we talked about hospitals. This week, we're going to talk about uh, pharmaceutical drugs, prescription drugs, and uh, we're going to get down to that in just a moment. But real quick, I mentioned the website, advocatedpc.com. Of course, you can learn more about direct primary care there. You can also learn more about Dr. Hemkiss, Dr. Balin, two locations of Advocate MD, of course, West Side, right in Middleton, and on the east side at South Fair Oaks Avenue. Again, more details online at advocatedpc.com and the telephone number 608 268 6211 to become a member and make that appointment. All I got to do is give them a call 608 268 6211. To eleven, so let's talk pharmaceuticals. Talk <laughs> they do. Add. There's uh, there's some big money in uh, in some of those brand names, isn't there? Yeah. So you know, there's a lot. You know, I think that most people have the idea that pharmaceutical drugs can be very expensive. You know, I think one of the misconceptions is that they have to be expensive, but definitely, if you are buying your prescriptions through your insurance plan or if you're paying out of pocket. And if you take brand name medications, then you're most likely paying a lot every month for your prescriptions. I read an article just recently saying that the average individual in the United States pays $1,200 a year on pharmaceuticals, which sounded crazy high to me. Um, but I guess that's possible. But you know, part of this is kind of trying to understand why uh, the United States, the, the prescription drug prices here are so much more expensive than other countries. And even for the same exact equivalent, you know, brand name medication, we pay more in the United States than we would, let's say, in Canada or someplace else. Do, do, do we know why is, is it is it simply that insurance component and kind of how our how our healthcare system is structured or why is that? Do we know? So yeah, it it is a little bit complicated. So part of it is these people called pharmacy benefit managers. So in the United States, if you have a insurance plan, let's say through your employer, you know, what is on that plan in terms of your pharmaceutical drug coverage, your formulary of, you know, they decide which blood pressure medicine is on that plan and which diabetes medicine. And they outsource this to these, they call them PBMs, pharmacy benefit managers. 
And these are basically like a third party that is deciding what is on your formulary and how much that's going to cost. And then the very interesting and you know unfortunate part about this is that they are taking a cut of that, but they are also getting kickbacks from the pharmaceutical drug companies to say, well, we're going to prescribe this particular brand of blood pressure medicine versus another brand um, because the, you know then they give them a, a voucher or a, a kickback an incentive to use that particular, you know, drug. And again, it's not opening it up for patients that, you know, for example, maybe there could be a generic drug that could be substituted. So, you know, what we know about generics versus brand names is that in 99% of cases, the generic is equivalent. The brand name is more expensive because they do a lot of marketing and, you know, they still hold the patent on the brand name. Um, So if you can get a generic equivalent to that brand name, you're going to pay significantly less. And part of the issue uh, with that is that, you know, in many cases, you know, doctors have a challenging job when we have a patient come in and see us. And especially if we have a five minute visit to spend with them, you know, many cases, you know, doctors are just refilling whatever medication they might be on, or, you know, they, they're already taking the the brand name unless the patient brings it up as, you know, doc, this medication is really expensive. In some cases they will do that. Some patients won't bring that up. But the, you know, the, the likely the doctor is just going to refill that medication, and they're not going to think too much about the cost of that medication. So you know, you might have a situation where a patient's paying fifty to one hundred dollars a month for a particular brand name medication, where there's a generic that could be two dollars a month, and that's kind of you know one of the the parts that's you know just kind of educating patients about the alternatives. Is is there something to it? You mentioned the kind of that patent uh, issue that goes on as well, and and I've I've seen and heard stories of um, some of these some of these pharmaceutical companies. They'll get a patent on a particular drug, and of course, a patent will protect you know then give them basically exclusivity for that development for a period of time. And what they'll do is they'll tweak and change that 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 formulation just a little bit things that are i think if i if i remember right pretty much non-consequential to the actual drug itself just kind of some secondary things like the coloring and all those other things that that allows them to retain exclusivity on some of these on some of these drugs for a longer period do i remember that correctly or am i am i losing my mind you are you are exactly correct so you know the way that the pharmaceutical patent system is set up and again i'm not a i'm not a legal person, but this is my understanding, is that pharmaceutical drug companies, when they invent a new drug, they own the right to that patent. And they can own the right to that patent sometimes, in some cases, for 20 years. Mm. And so when that patent is getting ready to expire, what that would mean is that that drug now can become generic. So that means that other drug manufacturers can manufacture that drug. And the reason that that is good is because that drives competition, right? Because if you have one person making that drug, one company making that drug, they set their own prices, um, but if you if you now have ten companies making that drug, they're obviously going to fight each other out on on quality and price and value, and the, the price of that drug is going to drop significantly. But what happens is that the pharmaceutical drug drug companies, because they're very smart and they employ a bunch of attorneys, they've figured out ways to game the system. And one of the ways they do it, as you mentioned, is that they will take a drug that's a brand name and they will slightly modify it, you know, add a molecule here, you know, it basically has the exact same 
um, use and the exact same effectiveness. Um, and they really didn't change it at all, but then they'll give it a new name. And I, I, I forgot the term for this, but it's actually, I had to look it up. It's called evergreening or something <laughs> where they take this, this brand name med that's about to become generic and they modify it very slightly, but they don't change anything about the actual, you know, drug use. And then they give it a new name and then they're allowed to apply for another patent oh, for that. And that again, it's a way to keep it from becoming generic. Um, but that's, it's really unfortunate that, you know, again, we have these certain laws in place so that we can hopefully make these drugs, you know, more accessible to people. But then, you know, they've kind of figured out ways to, to game the system. Um, and there's, you know, part of this of why this happens in the United States and not other countries is that a lot of other countries have stricter regulation of ph pharmaceutical drug companies in terms of, you know, in, in some countries, I believe Canada is one of them, they actually um, regulate how much profits the, the pharma pharmaceutical drug companies can make off of these meds. Um, so, you know, there's not necessarily this incentive to try to game the system because they're limited in how much they're able to, to make for these meds. So we don't have those kind of rate, you know, again, in general, you know, more government regulation is not always a good thing. Um, but in this case, you know, what we see happening is that even existing brand name drugs that we would think like, like some things, you know, after th something's been out on the market for a while, it should probably get less expensive. But what we see is that there is an inflation that happens year after year where, you know, for example, you've probably heard about insulin and, you know, there's a particular brand of insulin called Lantus. And so what, what they were doing is they were, the price of this drug went up by like 50% in one, you know, in less than a year or something, because the pharmaceutical drug companies can do that, right? Because they, they own the drug, they own the patent, they can set their own prices. They don't have any competition. Um, you know, another example is the EpiPen, you know, so that, that, you know, at, at one point, two EpiPens, which is, you know, like a life-saving medication that people have to inject if they're having an anaphylactic reaction, two EpiPens were something like four or $500, you know? So again, you're, you're taking these medications that are in some cases life-saving and making them unaffordable to people. Um, and, and how do you, how do pharmaceutical drug companies justify that, you know? It's, and it is, it is interesting. The more you learn and kind of uncover and, and doc, the more we talk, it's, it's, it's fascinating how some of this stuff works. We're going to continue our conversation with the doc. We'll talk about how she's able to help, uh, help her patients get affordable drugs at the practice. We'll get details on that. We'll also talk about, you know, one of the big arguments you hear pharmaceutical drug companies making is listen, research development that has a cost and it sure does. We'll find out though, why they, why, why that may not always be the complete story. We'll get the details on that in just a moment. Don't forget, though, if you want to learn more about Dr. Nicole, you want to learn more about Advocate MD, you want more information about direct primary care, great resource, the website, advocatesdpc.com. That's advocatesdpc.com. You can learn all about direct primary care as well as Advocate MD on the website. You can also, of course, you're ready to be a, a member, make an appointment. All you do is pick up the phone, give the doc, doc a call, 608-268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. Some great options at Advocate MD, not only for you or your family. If you're an employer with some employees looking for some great options for them when it comes to primary care, definitely check out Direct Primary Care. You can learn more online. AdvocateDPC.com. That's AdvocateDPC.com. We'll continue our conversation with Dr. Nicole next as Full Scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's Direct Care Doc, continues right here on 1310 WIBA. <laughs> 
This is Full Scope with Dr. Nicole, Madison's direct care doc. Of course, Dr. Nicole Hemkiss comes to us from Advocate MD, a direct primary care practice. More information online, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com. Telephone number 608-268-6211. You're ready to become a member and make an appointment at Advocate MD. All you have to do, again, is pick up the phone, give the doc a call, 608-268-6211. That's 608 608- 268-6211. Breaking down uh, eight weeks, eight reasons why U.S. health care is so expensive. Talked last week about hospitals. Talking this week about pharmaceutical drugs. And, Doc, one of the big things you always hear is the research. Is, is research is, uh, is costly, and that's why we've got to charge so much for these pharmaceuticals. What's kind of the, what's kind of the inside story there? Yes. So, you know, that's one of the, the really common justifications that we hear for why some of these brand name medications and you know the the really notorious ones are things like chemotherapy drugs and these autoimmune um, drugs for example for rheumatoid arthritis and some other rheumat- you know autoimmune conditions that can be you know really really expensive i mean we're talking about thousands of dollars a month if if you were paying out of pocket um, but the justification that we hear is that pharmaceutical drug companies need to do R and D, research and development. That they spend, they do spend, you know, millions of dollars you know, on this every year. Um, but what they actually find is that in most cases, R and D is only about seventeen percent of the total spending of um, a, a average drug company. So it's it's interesting because I actually read something a few years back saying that in many cases they might spend more money on marketing. You know, you know, we remember back when pharmaceutical drug reps used to come into doctors' offices on a routine basis and, you know, buy us lunch and give us some free pens and, and back really far back probably before I was even practicing. They used to take doctors on trips and things like that. So um, again, they've passed some laws that prohibit those sort of things taking place. Um, but, you know, the idea that the reason these drugs have to be so expensive is that the research involved is not really an accurate portrayal of, of why these are costing so much. What's interesting, too, is you, know, kind of, you mentioned breaking down some of the numbers is some of these are, are publicly traded companies. And, and a lot of these, you know, a lot of this information is available out there. And it's it's pretty eye opening um, when you start to see kind of you mentioned a lot of the money goes towards towards advertising. If you watch that, I'm a big fan of watching the, the various evening news programs. It's literally every commercial in those are for some other type of pharmaceutical, some other type of drug. And I'm like, I don't even know oftentimes what exactly they're for. I catch the side effects. I notice that part, but I don't really know what the drugs are for. Um, but it is interesting on that. And Doc, one of the things in talking with you over the years, I've learned about you is you know how to help people when it comes to um, when it comes to finding affordable options. We talk about direct primary care being an amazing model, a, a great option, a very affordable option. One of the things you do is you advocate for your patients, and you've got uh, you've got some things out there. Let's talk then about when it comes to your patients. How are you able to to find affordable drugs um, for the practice and and for your patients? Thanks, Sean. And just to go briefly back to that point that you mm-hmm. made, which is a great point about the commercials that you see on TV. Again, the United States is unique in that we allow direct um, pharmaceutical company to consumer advertising. In most countries, I think we're one of two or three that allow, I mean, I think the other one might be like Australia or something, where they allow pharmaceutical companies to market directly to consumers. Because again, just think about it in the context of 
you're marketing a drug that you're, you're advertising it in a certain way to portray these certain, you know, benefits that it has. You are not uh, presenting this in the context of this is one of, you know, 20 other medications, you know, 10 of which are generic that this medication is a thousand times more expensive and it gives you 0.5% more benefits, you know? So it's, it's really interesting because when somebody watches those advertisements that are very convincing, you know, the, the natural reaction is that you go into your doctor the next day and you say, I just saw this thing on TV that I think could really help what I have going on. <laughs> and, you know, again, in this, in this fee for service insurance based, you know, factory medicine system that we have that luckily DPC is not part of that. But if you have a five or seven minute visit with your doctor, me as the physician, you know, if somebody came into me and said, I just saw this, this commercial for this, you know, I'm going to try to have a conversation with them about, you know, that medication and what alternatives there might be. But in that five or seven minute visit, it's kind of difficult to give them a, a whole picture of that. So in many cases, what doctors will do is they'll prescribe that medication. And that might be a super expensive med that may not be covered by their insurance formulary. So again, this is part of the whole strategy that drug companies employ um, because they're kind of working around the doctor that might say, well, you know, that's a good, that's an okay medicine, but we have, you know, five other medicines that are just as good that are cheaper, you know? So um, again, that whole direct to consumer marketing, but yes, in the direct primary care system, what we are able to do, and it just boggles the mind when I talk to even small businesses or these, um, you know, insurance, uh, you know, health benefits people. Um, when I tell them that we dispense wholesale drugs to patients, um, and we are able to save them, you know, it's, it's typically pennies on the dollar of what they would spend in a retail pharmacy. I mean, I had a patient just come in the other day that was telling me for her three or four medications, she was spending about $50 a month at the, you know, at the pharmacy paying cash. And, you know, for those, we're getting her the same price for 90 days worth of meds mm. instead of 30 days worth of meds. And that's just one example. I mean, we have examples that happen every single day. But so the strategies that we can employ in a direct primary care system um, to help patients get the medications they need. And again, this is a hesitancy that I hear sometimes of patients that are either looking at direct primary care as a as a potential, um, you know, they would come to see us as their primary care doctor. And sometimes one of their hesitancies is like, well, what if I need this medication and it's really expensive? And again, that could even, that scenario can come up even if you have insurance, right? Because it could be a, a brand name medication that's not on your formulary. Um, but what I typically say to people is that in our practice of over now, you know, close to two and a half years in practice, we have never had a situation where a patient needed a medication that they could not get. Um, and the, the ways that we go about uh, getting patients, you know, affordable medications is that we dispense generic medications at wholesale prices from our office. So for example, um, a prescription for an antibiotic for seven days, um, you know, to treat a bacterial infection might be $2, mm -hmm. a, uh, a blood pressure medicine, for 30 days might be a dollar. I mean, it's, it's just mind boggling the, the amount of savings that there is. Um, I would say 95% of the time we're going to be able to get the prescription for less than what the retail pharmacy would be. There are situations where we utilize things like good RX, um, which is, is basically now that I've read more about them, they are a, a type of, of, um, pharmacy benefit managers, but they can get people discounts on meds. You just go on the website, you look up the medication, you can see that it's more expensive at particular pharmacies. So you can choose a pharmacy based on that. And so again, being an educated consumer and knowing if I take this pr same prescription into 
pharmacy X, it's going to be, you know, $40. But if I take it into, let's say the grocery store pharmacy, it's going to be $10. So again, that, that just allows us to make those choices and it's the same exact prescription. There's no difference. Um, so that's something that we utilize. Um, we utilize samples. I mean, we, we order a lot of samples and for example, um, some of our patients are on more expensive inhalers for asthma or COPD. Um, you know, we, we get those samples for free. We give those to the patient. There, there's obviously no cost to that. Um, if it's a situation where a patient has to be on a brand name medication because they've tried generics, they don't work, there's a specific brand name that they have to be on, um, there are uh manufacturers, drug company uh, rebates and drug assistance programs. So if a patient has below a certain income, they might be eligible. In some cases, they don't even have to have an income requirement. So we utilize those. And then lastly, the thing that we've started to, to use more is getting meds from Canada. Because again, um, this is all just based on, it could be the exact same brand name medication that you are buying at the local pharmacy here. When we order it um, online from Canada and they mail it to you, that, you know, you're getting the exact same medication, but because they have different laws in terms how uh, how pharmacy you know pricing is regulated in these different countries, they are able to get it for a, a significantly discounted price. And the other thing to consider is that most of these medications are not being made in the United States. I don't know if any of them are being manufactured here. You know, a lot of them are being made in India, China, you know, someplace in Europe. Um, so in, in some cases, maybe Canada, but so they are basically, you know, Canada is kind of acting as like the middleman in a way and getting these from the, you know, where they're being manufactured in another country, a lot of the generics and brand names. And then they are, you know, sending these to patients in the United States, strictly based on the, the fact that they are less costly to do it that way. So um, those are kind of the strategies we use. And again, it's just the frustrating part. You know, when I see patients that are paying so much money for their prescriptions, and it doesn't have to be that way, there is a better way. And it's not that the drugs are not as effective, you know, generics. They, um, I just read an article recently that said, um, it's the same drug by, by a different name. And like you said, it might have a different color. The pill shape might be slightly different, but it, the stuff inside of it is exactly the same. So it's not that you are getting an inferior medication because you are getting a generic versus a brand name. Is there something to die? I mean, as you were mentioning as well, just, you know, some of the, some of the things that, that you're able to do for your patients when it comes to, to prescription meds. And I start thinking if, if you're on one, one med for a type of chronic condition, um, the savings alone in, in, in working with you at Advocate MD and, and being part of the direct primary care practice more than covers. I mean, I look at some of the costs of some of these meds more than covers the cost of membership for Advocate MD, I mean, for for people like that, that's uh, that could be a, not only do you get the amazing the amazing care and and the, and the great benefits of being part of Advocate MD, but it's it's it seems like it's that would be a win win for a lot of folks, a significant win for a lot of folks. That is very true. We definitely have patients in the practice that are saving more money each month through getting their prescriptions for us than what their membership is costing. So you know, we're a membership based healthcare clinic where you pay a monthly membership for an adult and might average around $80 a month for a child around 30. So for that $80 a month, you know, let's say a person saving $50 on their meds. And then when they come in and do you know, lab work with us, they're saving another $200 every three months or six months, every time they have labs done. So for sure, the out-of-pocket savings, that's the really one of the wonderful things about direct primary care is because you're out of pocket savings, even aside from all the quality and the 
time that we can spend, you're going to save a lot on all of these things that even with insurance, you're paying a lot for. It's a really amazing model. And is, there's so many great benefits to direct primary care. If you're new and you maybe um, haven't heard doc, Dr. Nicole and I talk in the past about her practice at Adv Advocate MD, I urge you right now to head on over to the website, advocatedpc.com. Look into direct primary care. Again, it's a great resource. The website, advocatedpc.com. If you're looking for great options for yourself, for your family, you're an employer looking for something great as far as an option for primary care for your employees, direct primary care and Advocate MD would love to help you out. Again, all you got to do is head online, advocatedpc.com. That's advocatedpc.com to make an appointment and become a member at Advocate MD. All you got to do is give them a call, 608-268-6211. That's 608-268-6211. Dr. Hemkiss and Dr. Balin would love to see you. Again, they're at Advocate MD and that telephone number, 608-268-6211. Dr. Nicole, it's always fantastic hanging out you have a great weekend you too sean thank you and again that website advocatesdpc.com the telephone number 608-268-6211 tracy anton she comes your way next right here on 1310 wiba hey guys it is ryan i'm not sure if you know this about me but i'm a bit of a fun fanatic when i can i like to work but i like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there i can tell you about my favorite place to have fun chumba casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free and anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.